A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive in June. Olive in June gives you Everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive in June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive in June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Hello everybody and welcome back to the Triple Jump podcast. It's a video game podcast. My name is Ben. My name is Peter. Hi Peter, how's it going? It's going pretty good, thanks Ben. How's it going with you? Yeah, not bad. It's miserable today, isn't it? Yeah, it is. Pretty pretty grimmy out there. Grimmy crickets. This is the first day in months now where it feels like it's nighttime. You know, oh. where, where the natural light coming in through the window isn't enough yeah. to illuminate the room. Mm-hmm. Just yeah. miserable. Yeah, you're right. I, it's it, it feels like autumn is drawing in now for mm-hmm. reals. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It sure do. Hey, before we go any further, mm. did you know, Peter, that we've just hit a milestone subscriber count on YouTube? Oh my god, I did I did know this, yes. You did it, know this. It hadn't passed me by, yes. Wonderful. Well, we'll we'll say it now for the benefit of those who don't know. We've just hit a hundred thousand subscribers on on the YouTube. Go us. Go us. We did it. We actually did it. Huge thank you to everybody who helped us get here. All of mm. our staff, all of you listening and watching, it means a lot. We did it. We can tick it off now and yeah. uh, and quit. That's it. That's all we wanted to do. We wanted to get that silver play button and then retire. Melt yep. it down into our retirement fund. You can retire off that much silver. Yeah. Also, also I'm led to believe. Mm. Uh, but until we get that silver play button, we do need other sources of income. <laughs> and that's why we have a different sponsor every single week. For some reason, we can't hold on to the same sponsor. They don't want to sponsor several episodes. And that's a bit bizarre. But Peter has the ad read in front of him now. Let's go. I do. Um, it's. It's. Just, I think we might have dealt with a, a sort of sister company to this previously. I can't really remember. Mm. But in any case... Um, Sony and Insomniac have teamed up to um, release um, a... Um, it's a pharmaceutical product. Uh, oh. It's a tablet you can pop whenever you're feeling a little bit a uh, little bit angry. You know, like if, you, if you're often subject to road rage or, um, you know, just like launching into bars and beating people up and yeah, stuff. Yeah, I know that. 
All you need to do is, it's actually, it's really cute. They've done a little brand deal with Spider-Man, you know, the superhero Spider-Man. I'm vaguely aware, yeah. Yeah, so they, they've got this little little tablet bottle and to make it appealing to children, they put Spider-Man on it. Uh, but they're called uh, Spider-Man Mild-Mannered. Oh, okay. So you just have some, I think, two mild manners a day and uh, it, it makes you just feel a bit more zen, calm, chilled out. Amazing, and this this works. Does it? Oh, absolutely! I'm on. I, I mean, I'm on four a day. But well, you uh, need to be. You, yeah, I got doctor's advice. Like. Yeah, don't take more than the recommended dose without the without consulting a physician. Yes, the, a now, physician. Physician. Now, yeah. presumably, this is from the same line as spidoprofen, right? Yes, it is. That's right. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, and where can I where can I get these? Are they in Tesco, or do you have to get a, a prescription? I think um, Asda have an exclusivity deal, so they're oh. not in Tesco. D- does, yeah. Is this sort of like a Spider-Man? Are they shapes like Spider-Man, or are they sort of little red gummies, or what What are they? What's the they're branding? Little, I think they're shaped as little spider webs. Okay, yeah, that's cheaper to manufacture. That makes yeah, sense. Yeah, it is. They're more symmetrical. Uh, it's a lot easier. Uh, but Spider-Man is on the bottle. Oh, so. amazing. Okay, well, look out for Spider-Man mild... Mild-mannered. Mannered. It says, yeah. In, in shops now. Brilliant. I'll, I think I'll pop down and get some of my own later on. Pop down and pop a few pills. Yeah. Except pop a few pills. you what? won't be able to do that because it's not real. Oh, <laughs> come on. I thought you'd solved all of my anger issues. Oh, no, sadly not. You no. son of a gun. No, unfortunately, that's not a real sponsor. The real sponsors are, of course, our patrons over at patreon.com forward slash team triple jump, where for as little as 25 cents per week, that's $1 per month, you can submit questions for this podcast. Uh, Sometimes we do the podcast a little early like we are this week because it's a sleepover stream slash Patreon Discord call stream if you support us at a certain tier on Patreon. So Thursdays, our usual recording day, are pretty busy. So we're recording on Wednesday instead. But most of the time, the podcast post will go out on a Tuesday and we will get questions from it on a Wednesday. So keep an eye out for that. (laughs) So uh, if anything big happens on Thursday morning, it's not going to be covered in in this week's podcast. Well, as as is bloody typical, Tokyo Game Show is tonight. um, Oh, of course. And uh, I think there's a huge... Resident Evil 8 gameplay demo that's going to happen so oh, who knows what's going to come out of that but uh, TGS isn't as relevant as it used to be so I think hopefully yeah. we'll be we'll be okay but mm-hmm. who knows Peter where are we walking today uh, today we're walking what about through the Resident Evil 8 village village oh that'd be nice yeah where did we walk last time was it just along a skateboard I can't remember where oh, I'm not we sure walking. yeah I've totally uh, forgotten okay yeah let's walk through sort of spooky snow village Mm. I assume there's some kind of screenshot out for that. I guess James could always just take one from the video if he has to. But James is a wizard. If not, we're walking across a very pixelated logo, <laughs> blown up or, to the full screen, or just a similar spooky village from yeah. Shutterstock. Sure, yeah, with the Shutterstock watermark on it. Can you get in trouble for using copyrighted images if they're covered in watermarks and you just use the watermarks anyway? Surely that's just free advertising. Yeah, I don't know if like you're legally allowed to use the watermarked version, or if, or if you're also not. Or yeah, if you're also not allowed to do it, but they're also just trying to deter you. I'm, I don't know, but huh. who knows? Well, we've got in trouble in past uh, past ventures for for various staff accidentally using copyrighted images. 
mm. and then getting done for it. Yeah. Um, so it is. It's a real risk. You have to be careful on the internet. When we you're got an actual copyright strike on What Culture Gaming yeah. while I was there because yeah. we used like one little. I think it was a cartoon from a newspaper. You know, a single panel. Right. Like illustration or something. It wasn't either of our faults. I wasn't the editor, no. and and Peter was the one checking the video. But how on earth could could he possibly know that the editor had used an auto yeah. image, a forbidden image? Yeah, it wasn't cited as from the Guardian. It was like something else. So yeah. weird. Anyway, that's little, that little anecdote there. <laughs> yeah, let's uh, let's move on to our first question from a patron. Yes, this is from Connor Palmer. Or Connor Palmer, if you pronounce things phonetically and incorrectly. Canorpama. Canorpama, yes. Uh, Hello, Ben and Peter. With the recent unveiling of the price and release date of the PS5 and the ensuing chaos of pre-ordering one, and then in brackets it says, I managed to luckily get one. Do you reckon there is a strong launch lineup to warrant being an early adapter? It says adapter, but I think it means adopter. (laughs) Yes, that's evolution, isn't it? Being an early adapter. Yeah. Uh, For me personally, I would say only Demon's Souls and Destruction All-Stars are the true launch exclusives due to all the confusion of last-gen versions also being available. I've also noticed this with games being uh, locked uh, as the special exclusive bonuses, such as Spider-Man Remaster being exclusive with Miles Morales Ultimate Edition. Would you like to hear your thought? I would like to hear your thoughts on this. And thanks for keeping up the great quality content. Thank you, Connor. Uh, yeah, this Thank is something you, that broke pretty much the same day we recorded last week, because of course it did, is mm. that uh, Miles Morales and uh, Horizon Forbidden West are also coming to PS4. They are. Which, which of course, is something that lots of people have criticised Xbox for, and we have as well. We've we've done that and said, you know, if, they're, if all their exclusives are, are also coming to Xbox One for the first year, then then why, why, why would you get one? Yeah, and I'll tell you why. It's because it's the shiny new thing, and people are excited to play their games, even if it's just a little bit better on the on the new hardware. It's a real bummer, honestly. Miles Morales and and Horizon, which isn't coming out until next year, both also coming to PS4. Great for PS4 owners, obviously, as the exclusivity situation with uh, uh, with Xbox is. You know, it's it's great for the Xbox One owners that they'll still be able to play these games. It does take the shine off the launch lineup of the PS5, though. Yeah. I would certainly say that. Uh, as Connor says, it does still have Demon's Souls, which for me is, you know, enough. Uh, but for a lot of people, might not be. And yeah. it's, it's ultimately going to come down to what you want to pay for and where you want to play. Because if the, if the launch... I still maintain that the launch lineup on ps5 despite having some games that are now also coming to ps4 is is better looking than the xbox launch lineup i don't think now that it's lost the jewel in its crown that is halo uh, i don't think there's much there but equally this is you know this will take the shine off it as i said for for a lot of people who are looking at pre-ordering the ps5 because they can just play miles morales on ps4 so why would they get this um it's true it's it's, uh it's going to come down to, to where you want to play and how much you want to pay for that, and if you're willing to wait. That's Because that's almost... I'm, I'm kind of almost feeling that. I still think that, ultimately, I will want to play Spider-Man and Horizon and, and maybe Demon's Souls on newer hardware, because I think it would just be a more enjoyable experience. And like you say, it's just nice to have the new shiny thing. If you are fortunate enough as boys like ourselves to be in a position where you can just go out and buy the new shiny thing it is nice to have Mm. um but um 
Equally, you know, I said in the previous um, podcast that the main um, launch titles that I was looking forward to were Spider-Man. And then I was sort of saying, and I guess Demon Souls, because I'll want to play another game on it. But, you know, I'm not, I'm as I've made clear, I'm not a big Soulsborne fan. So to me, I kind of feel like at this point, given that Spider-Man is now going to be available on PS4, there's nothing... Um, that the PS5 is going to have completely exclusive to itself. Uh, it, there will be things that Sony have exclusively, but I'll be able to play those on PS4. Mm-hmm. But there's nothing that that uh, next-gen console will have that will make me think, oh, I really want to get one of those so I can play that game because now I can play Spider-Man on my PS4. I'm still probably going to get one, not just because it's the new, the new shiny thing, but also because, you know the job I'm in almost dictates that I should have a next-gen console when they come out so that I can talk about it and experience it. And I'm looking forward to it for sure. But, you know, I could, could, if I wanted to, play Spider-Man on my PS4. And, uh, yeah, the the other launch launch titles for PS5 aren't super exciting for me. They still look good. They still Mm -hmm. look fine. Um, I'm sure I will enjoy most, if not all of them. But uh, yeah, it, it's definitely like, it has changed the game slightly for me. Yeah. Um, yeah. But I guess the other thing is, I know that eventually I will want a PS5. So if I can get one soonish, I may as well get one, you know? Like I'm going to get one anyway. So why not play Spider Man on PS5 rather than PS4? Yeah. So, no, yeah. absolutely. And uh I think I think that's it. That's going to be it for a lot of people, myself included. This this doesn't change anything for me personally, but I realize I'm not probably the average consumer even necessarily among our listener base judging by some of the questions we've had, you know, this mm. this is really genuinely is affecting people's decision of whether or not to to buy the new consoles at launch is that the the, the games just aren't there for a lot of people. And that's yeah. fine, but I'd also argue that previous launch lineups have been so much weaker than than this. You know, we go back to PS3, you've got Resistance Fall of Man, and that's it. And that didn't also come out on PS2, to be fair. Yeah. Um, and then you've got uh, on PS4, you had, what was it? Killzone Shadowfall. That game was fine. You know, it was mm. just fine. And the reason people bought a PS4 and a PS3 at launch is because they really wanted to have the new uh you know the new hardware and the 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 first year for both games uh, for both consoles sorry assuming that halo makes it out within a year of the uh the series x's launch or the series s xbox series whatever the hell it's called the new gen <laughs> yeah. uh just i think it's a really strong first year and getting in there straight away won't necessarily give you any advantages but it might you know, it's just exciting. And it, again, it's going to be down to personal preference. Xbox will have Game Pass, so you can play loads of stuff on the cheap. PlayStation mm. is going to have a selection of really strong first-party exclusives within the first, you know, six, seven months. Uh, so again, it's, it's just going to come down to what what you personally want. But certainly, as I said, I think this is really, it's just taken the, taken the, the wind out of a lot of people's sails, you know, that some of these games aren't quite as unique to the new generations as they originally seemed yeah yeah it's true and the new Uh, spider-man's locked away behind uh, the ultimate edition of miles morales as well yeah what the new spider-man the remastered original spidey on uh, ps5 which is also a bit crappy 
but mm. I'll get that version anyway. So. Yeah, I probably. In fact, that's I guess in in a sense that is an, another incentive to play the remastered version on PS5. Mm. Um, even though you have to pay pay for the ultimate edition, but um, yeah, 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 we'll see. Um, but never mind what we're gonna be playing mm. uh, when PS5 comes out. It's time to just live for the moment, live in the present, Ben. Live in the present, yeah. Uh, this section is called "What We Playing." Uh. It's what we play in time, Peter. What we play in. What we play in. Um, I have been continuing to play Tony Hawk's Pro Skater 1 and 2. I didn't oh. think that I would still be playing it at this point, but I'm just having that much fun with it. Um, nice. That I've I've still not put it down. My copy of Dreams has arrived, oh, and I've not, I've not taken it out of the cellophane yet because I'm just having that much fun with Tony Hawk's. Um, nice. I've been making, been making some skate parks. Um, I've... I've nearly got everything in in the missions in terms of collecting secret tapes and skate and doing tricks, but some of the stuff's really hard actually. And uh, you know, trying to trying to find like uh, it took me ages to find the uh, I don't know if you remember in um, Tony Hawk's uh, the, in the first one you had to um, hit the 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 school bells uh, or maybe it was the second one you have to hit five school bells um, on the on the walls. Um, and they would like ring and they're like a collectible and mm. I really struggled to find the fifth one it took me ages and ages but I'm really enjoying myself and I've unlocked all sorts of gear now nice. I look like a sick skater boy with an 8 in it instead of an A and Whoa, a T yeah. that's cra- you're crazy it is pretty wild um, also though something that uh, this will be so this is coming out on the weekend this podcast so uh, this might be news to people um, before I stream on Monday, I've had to do a little bit of a um, little bit of homework. Crash Bandicoot Three, um, playing out of hours. So I've been streaming that game um, past past couple of weeks, and I've got one more stream to do of that, mm-hmm. where I want to try and get the the full ending. There's like a, an extra ending you get for getting all the gems, um, and it's sort of in 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 the run up to Crash Four. But I've realised I've only got one stream left before Crash 4 comes out. And I have got so much to do because it became apparent to me um, in my previous stream that I need to get gold relics in every level. I thought I just had to get any old relic, but no, I need to get gold relics, which means getting a pretty good time on every time trial. So I've been playing outside of streaming hours um, some Crash 3 to unlock a whole load of relics so that on my third and final stream of Crash 3, I can just run around and get gems. So people might be disappointed to hear that, that they're missing out on some of the time trial action. But the amount of, well, not hours yet, but the amount of time I've put into that already just shows me that, it just just tells me that like I would not have managed it in, <laughs> in the final stream. So that's what I've been doing. Maybe that's why I've not had enough time for dreams on top of Tony Hawk's is because I've been doing been doing uh, extra work in a sense you've been doing your your rocky style training montage yeah well not even tr- so that's actually what, where it started i was going to just train up on the levels but then do them legit on the stream but th- then i realized this is taking too long i'm not going to be able to do all of this so uh yeah i uh i've i've i've, I've cheated or i've i've done so I've, I've been moonlighting i guess is what i've been right. doing so um yeah that's no, that's uh, something that you'll see if you watch the stream on Monday. That I've suddenly gained a load of relics. Sorry, everyone, that nice. you've missed out on that. But he had to them be in. done. 
Yes, yeah, if only. Um, so that's what I've been playing mainly. Um, what about you? Uh, I've been pl- I've played all sorts, all sorts. I finished off the Perilon Gorgon, uh, the Outer mm. Worlds DLC. Yeah, good stuff. Got all the trophies. Lots of you know different routes through it, um, as exemplified by the the various ending trophies that are available. So I had to I had to for one of them start a new. Uh, a new run through of the DLC and just uh-huh. sprint through the whole thing because I, d- I made a tactical save before the end so that I mm. could make different choices or do different things. But then there was one where the person who gives you the quest, you just have to, as soon as they give it to you, you just murder them. Okay. And then someone else steps into the picture and that's how you get one of the ending trophies is by just continuing through the game as normal but doing it for them. And it's like, how on earth would I have done that naturally? I'm not... A- psychopath that wouldn't have just <laughs> murdered her immediately who kills quest givers ah Not lunatics me. well you mm. can in the outer worlds and it's very clever people will just step in and fill the role and mm. things the story will adapt around you but uh yeah anyway that that was good really liked it um but what else we got here wwe 2k battlegrounds that's the new wrestle game that is uh, there's now a quip scope about that on the channel that you can go and watch i talk yes. all about what i think about it it's not very good it's microtransaction hungry and it feels like a mobile game ported to console it's um it's got very few redeeming features but i've uh, i also streamed it so there's there's 2 hours of me playing it if you would like to watch that on our vods channel that'll be up there soon uh played a couple of games of call of duty warzone oh i also played the call of duty God, uh, Black Ops, uh, Cold War, Alpha. There it is. Those are oh, the right, words okay. I made. Yeah. Uh, the very briefly went live over the weekend, past weekend on uh, on PS4. Hey, it feels like Call of Duty. I died a lot and uh, <laughs> and got angry. But there are some sort of. Uh, I think there's some new maps in there, but there are also some old ones too. Uh, there was one that was quite cool. Yeah. Playing Domination, where you have to, you know keep flags a b c and d Mm. to yourself and uh, it was between sort of two like what looked like a big submarine or two big warships that were next to each other and you could uh use the rappel to go between them and there's a boat that you can get in and and drive around and stuff and it's it's kind of dynamic and quite exciting so that looks good you know not a big uh, call of duty multiplayer fan because I, i will die a lot i like warzone but the the you know the the spawn die instantly stuff is uh, not a huge amount of fun for me. So, yeah, yeah. Uh, that's that. It you know it looks good. I am looking forward to the new game, and I will be getting it. I then logged into Animal Crossing and got told off by my my villagers, <laughs> my island dwellers, for not visiting uh... for five months. Uh, the island was in pretty good shape though. Very few weeds, which is nice. And uh, and it turns out I'd ordered some stuff in game from the in game shop. Uh, before I'd sort of abandoned my island for several months. So when I logged in, I had loads of post and loads of things. Oh, lovely. Yeah, including a swimming pool that I can look at and not get in, which is a bit sad, but that's fine. I'm over it. Uh, The Borderlands 3 DLC. That came out. The, I think, was it Krieg's Fantastic Fuster Cluck is is what it's called, I believe. Right. I believe. (laughs) Uh, It was good fun. I don't think it's the best DLC they've had. It felt like there was a lot of padding in it where you were going through sort of quite uninteresting environments that, you know, you're meant to be inside his mind and he's a lunatic, but none of it felt particularly fantastical. 
and they just threw a lot of enemies at you to sort of extend the playtime. Right, um, yeah. That was some really fun ideas of, you know, him confronting his past and the things, the memories he'd repressed and loss and all that kind of stuff. And that was quite interesting. But in terms of, uh, you know, gameplay, I didn't find it particularly inspiring. Um, it's it's not the worst of these DLCs, but I don't think it's the, one of the best. And uh, got all the trophies in that, because of course I did. So that's done. <sighs> Played a little bit more Avengers. Uh, just playing a bit of multiplayer, got my Black Widow up to level 50, and then that was like just after we recorded last week's podcast, so I haven't touched that since, and I've played loads of stuff since then. And last night, I played a bit more of Pokemon Let's Go Eevee, and I now have 140 out of 150 Pokemon, and I'm slowly Ooh. slowly getting there with that. So there we go. That is my whistle-stop tour of every game that came out in the past six months. Excellent. You're really playing those video games oh, there. Oh boy, am I. Yeah, yeah. Um, good. Well, that's that then. Yeah. We should move on to question two. Who's asked question two, Ben, and what have they said? Oh, it's just Chris. Oh, it's just Chris. Just Chris. Just, just Chris. Just Chris asks, So by now, I'm positive everyone's talking about Bethesda and Xbox, but it raises the question, what would it take for you guys to buy both or switch from PlayStation to Xbox? I'm a huge PlayStation fan, but also an Elder Scrolls and Fallout fan. It's not a problem yet, but it could be a very expensive problem later on. <laughs> Cheers. So we'll talk about Bethesda, obviously, in the big discussion. But Peter, what would it take for you to get an Xbox Series X or an Xbox Series S? And what would it take for you to switch entirely from PlayStation back to Xbox? Um, I can think of a very obvious thing that that would probably never happen that would definitely make me buy one instantly which would be if beyond good and evil 2 was an exclusive on xbox right um, which is never going to happen but uh if that if that i think before the game was announced they were saying oh they're saying that bg2 might be a switch exclusive and i was like oh for god's sake i'm gonna have to get a switch now um but obviously that's that doesn't seem to be the case um but really um what would it take for me to switch entirely that that's a big question because you know i i think we're both considering maybe getting a series s possibly mm -hmm. um for the the back catalog and you know there's, there's going to be there still will be some good exclusives on xbox for sure even though we're playstation boys so um you know it's good value for money the series s seemingly um but to actually switch from one to the other, I don't know. I don't think I ever would, to be honest, because I think there's the PlayStation has so much to offer that uh, I would never not want a piece of that pie going forward. Um, I think now that we know the price, anyway, like that's that's fine. You know, the the only reason I didn't get a PS3 back in the day was for the price tag. And if PS5 had come out and said, "Hey, uh, really sorry, but it's going to be six hundred pounds." then maybe I would have just said, I'm going to have to switch. Like, I can't, I'm not going to sink that much money into a, a console. Mm -hmm. But now that we know the price is reasonable, um, yeah, I, I I would never just get an Xbox at this point and, and completely ditch PS5 because it's a, a decent enough price. And as you said earlier, you know, maybe say what you like about the initial launch titles but like six or seven months down the line there's going to be some really exciting things to play on ps5 so so i definitely want one of those uh but yeah i i am already considering having one of each you know having a having some version of xbox series um so uh yeah yeah i may well get both 
but I, I would never completely abandon PS5 at this point, having seen the price. Yes, uh, I, I feel exactly the same way. I am a huge PlayStation fan, and I've always been a PlayStation fan, and I bought... I bought a PS3 at launch. I pre-ordered that sucker when the Xbox 360 was the logical choice from both a how many games does it have and price perspective. You know, the Xbox mm. 360 should have been a no-brainer. But no, I wanted a PS3 and I saved up and I bought one of those. I've been with, you know, for not the, not to give the, uh, the console war fallacy any, yeah. any oxygen but i i have been on the for want of a better term losing side before and it's like i, I wasn't asked you know i just i just mm, prefer yeah. to play games on playstation and that's that's not going to change unless playstation disappears uh which i don't think they will and uh in terms of a series s i i will be getting a series s i think i yeah. am going to get one not not at launch but no. i will certainly get one at some point uh because when those when those Xbox exclusives do start to come out, you know, they've got quite a few first-party studios now and they've got to all be working on games. When those start to come out in the next couple of years, there's a good chance I'm going to want to play some of them and a Series S is perfect for that. Yeah. Uh, so I will be getting a Series S, not straight away, but at some point. Um, and yeah, as, as, long as, the, as, as long as the Series S and Game Pass don't sort of dramatically increase in price... Uh, that they are still, you know, such good value that I that I, I will get one. I'll get one at some point. And PS5 will still be my primary platform, but I will want to play those exclusives, I'm sure. And and we're yet to see out of and you know we'll get into this in a little bit, I'm sure. But like we're we're yet to we're yet to see out of Xbox's first party acquisitions, the recent ones, which studios will be developing games exclusively for Xbox and which will just be developing for multi platform. Because yeah. part of me thinks that Obsidian, Obsidian's uh, the the Outer Worlds two, when that inevitably happens, will probably be multi-platform, because they would make far more money that way, and there's already an established user base. But new IPs will probably be exclusive to Xbox. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. As you say, we'll, we'll we'll talk about it a bit more later on. But I, yeah, I I know that um, an article's gone out. Uh, citation needed i think it might have been ign but probably lots of people have written up the same thing uh where the headline was um xbox um sort of exclusivity with bethesda published games will be on a case-by-case -case basis apparently so um yeah that that's that's the current statement which is you know they've they've not said mm -hmm. it's all going to be exclusive or none of it's going to be exclusive so yeah we'll we'll have to see how it goes but we'll Chat about it later on in the podcast in full. We certainly will. Uh, it's mm. time to get a little strange. We always it like is. to do that around this time. Do you have some just, sort of thing? Yeah, there? let me just uh, get a get a. Oh, oh yes, Ooh. yeah, this Ooh. is fine. Yeah. yeah, yeah, you good? I thought I'd find some paper, but I haven't. But mouse mat will do. Mouse mat will do. It's time yeah. for weird news. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. 
Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. It's weird news time. Time for some strange news. Peter, do you have some weird video game news for me? I've got some weird video game news here. It sort of sounded like actual weird news when I first started reading it. And then to an extent, it became the kind of weird news where it's like, who has written this up and why? Because this is, I'm not sure that there's a story here. But uh, so sort of on both counts, this is some weird news for you. Um, it is from, just let me just, I, you, you're right there. Put, put my mouse map back. There we go. Okay. Uh, sure. This is from Ian Walker at Kotaku.com. Home of weird news. Mm. Um, Super Mario 64's weird gay Bowser line isn't in Super Mario 3D All-Stars. Okay. Um, so this very much piqued my interest, being not a not a huge... Uh, I don't have a lot of Super Mario 64 knowledge. I used to play it in the 90s at my friend's house, but you know I'm not, not well-versed. So I, was, I didn't know about the gay Bowser line. Super Mario 3D All-Stars landed on Switch today, but with uh, but with that occasion comes some bad news. Mario no longer says, so long, gay Bowser, during the Super Mario 64 boss fights. A travesty, for, <laughs> a travesty for sure, but there's a good reason the iconic voice line is missing. Now, I was like, how have I never heard of this? This is not... Surely this isn't a real thing. Mm-hmm. Um... The article article continues. The mystery of Mario's dialogue that has eluded fans since Super Mario 64 originally appeared on the Nintendo 64 in 1996. While he's obviously not calling Bowser gay, either as a pejorative or a simple descriptor of the Cooper King's sexuality, no one can come up with a good alternative read on what he's actually saying. Uh, Charles Martin is it Martinet? I've never. Yes. I don't, yeah, yeah. I don't say it out loud very often. Charles Martinet, who's voiced Mario for decades, tried to clarify last year, but so long, King Bowser doesn't make any sense, especially when held up to an impressive audio restoration of the original line. And then there's a there's an embedded tweet in the article where there's an uncompressed version of the line. Now, to me, I listen back to it, and it's very clear what he's saying. He's not saying so long, gay Bowser. He's also not saying so long, King Bowser, which Mm -hmm. is what Martinet says he's saying. He's just saying so long, Bowser, but with an Italian accent. So he's sort of saying so long, Bowser. So he puts a little er at the end of long, and that's it. But everyone apparently thinks that this is some big mystery line. And 
the writer of this article is disappointed that the so long gay Bowser line has been removed from from the game. Oh, um, what? That's kind of disappointing. It is. I mean, I mean, everyone can make up their own minds, but I listen back to it, and to me, it's just. I mean, I can even link you to it if you like. I know it's not. It's not good in a in a podcast when people can't can't join in the fun. But there will be links to this in the in the description of the YouTube version of the podcast. If you click that and okay. uh, just just head head yeah. a couple paragraphs Let's down. Think. I'm scrolling. I'm scrolling. Okay, let me listen to this. Yeah, so long, Bowser. So long, Bowser. That's it. Yeah, it's, it's just... definitely it's more a than er, but it's it's certainly. It's an extension of the word long. He's not saying so long, gay Bowser. No. And he's definitely not saying so long, King Bowser. No, either. absolutely not. Th- that tweet has 109,000 likes. How can so many people hear so long, gay Bowser when it's quite clearly so long, gay Bowser? Yeah, weird. Um, me, um, so I I can play it out of my phone. Okay, yeah, that would be good. Um, uh, let me just quickly find it. So the the article continues, just so ex, kind of explaining why the line isn't in the game. It's not it's been, it's not because it's been removed because it's got the word gay in it and it might be considered you know tasteless. It's simply because uh, after the game initially launched, Nintendo. Oh, sorry, sorry, hang on. <laughs> it just played. Here we go. So long, gay Bowser. It's quite clearly not saying so long, gay Bowser. No, no. Definitely not. Um, so uh, apparently, after the game initially launched, uh, Nintendo released the Super Mario sixty four Shindu Pack Taiyo version in Japan, um, which uh, included like various updated things on the cartridge, and that's the version that has been used for the new Switch release. And that version had a more region friendly bye bye. Instead of so long, Bowser, right. um, and so um, I think the confusion was because in Japan he's called King Cooper, and so they didn't want to use the name Bowser in the Japanese like the the updated cartridge. So they changed the line so it didn't have Bowser in it, which is that that's why it's bye bye. So mm-hmm. the the Switch version is based on that game that came out a year later. Uh, it has the line "bye bye" in it, rather than "so long, gay Bowser." Yeah. Um. So, so that's it. It's it's it was weird news to begin with, and then became weird that this is even a thing. So, uh, here you go. Wow, that is yeah. very very weird. Mm-hmm. That I'd like a... I'd like some weird news back from you now, please. Yes, I actually I'm gonna break uh, convention here, and I have two. One very quickly to mention that Ooh. I saw. Okay. Uh, this is from Game Informer. Xbox One X sales skyrocket as pre-orders for Xbox Series X go live. Wait, sorry, so read I'm that again? Let, I'm just going to let you unpack that. Xbox One X sales skyrocket <laughs> as pre-orders for Xbox Series X go live. Why? So this, this, there's a tweet here embedded from Andrew Alerts. Xbox One X sales rank is up 747% on Amazon. Oh, no, Wonder because how people many people bought an Xbox One X instead of an Xbox Series X. Oh, no. People's mums and uh, people have just made mistakes there. Yes. So, <sighs> to, to, to be totally fair, firstly, 
this is exactly what everyone has said was going to happen because it's a really really stupid naming convention and it makes no sense and it is confusing and people will get over it but people cannot deny that it is confusing yeah and secondly there's a very very high probability that a that a good majority of that percentage increase uh will not be people it will be bots doing the doing Mm. the purchases for um what's it called scalpers yeah, yeah. So well. there's a good chance that people have made wonky bots to snap up all of the Xbox One X's, um, which instead have bought Xbox. Uh, no, Xbox. Oh, see, exactly. <laughs> to, to snap up all the Xbox Series X's, um, but have accidentally bought up all the Xbox One X's instead. Yeah. Uh, so that's probably why the jump is quite so high. Uh, it's it's jumped up from the sales rank of 2,804 to 331. Jesus. Uh, number four, I'm assuming, in gaming. The Xbox One X is now. But almost certainly you cannot... You probably can't dispute that, that at least some of that percent is people buying the wrong one. Yeah, must be. Um, so yeah, it's, it's, it's easy to laugh at. And I think it should be laughed at a little bit because it is funny. But do bear in mind that that's probably mostly bots and not people mm. um, buying those up for scalpers. Oh no, poor scalpers. Won't somebody think of the scalpers? But <laughs> yeah. uh, Anyway, there we go. Just wanted to mention that quickly because that is, it's just, it, it feels like a, feels like a parody article that, mm-hmm. so worth mentioning. Uh, I'd like to thank Alex Haha on Twitter for gifting us this weird news this week. Also, uh, uh, let me. There's someone else sent it to me who I will also name drop it. But you, by all means, go nuts. Okay, this is from Polygon, and the title is "Peach Sex Game: Eight Years in the Making Hit with Nintendo Takedown." Um, Chris Widdick at Mr. Widdick also tagged me in the original post. Yes, ah, there we go. This is quite the headline. I've deliberately not read the article because I thought that you might be bringing it along. So hit me. It's pretty filthy. So this is not (laughs) going to be the headline story at all. Uh, Thank you to Patricia Hernandez for the wonderful write-up on Polygon. In 2012, a developer named Ivan Adler uploaded an erotic fan game starring Princess Peach to the internet. The hentai-inspired game, Peach's Untold Tale, racked up millions of views on adult websites over the years. Adler updated the game frequently, but it wasn't until 2020 that the fan-developed game drew Nintendo's ire. As originally reported by Torrent Freak, Peach's Untold Tale was recently hit with a copyright takedown from Nintendo, so it's no longer available to, uh, no longer possible, sorry, to download and play the title. Instead, when you load up the former GitHub page that contained Peach's Untold Tale, you are presented with a public notice letter that reads: "The copyrighted works and Nintendo's characters and audiovisual works from its Super Mario video game franchise." <laughs> the DMCA notice says that Peach's Untold Tale fell beyond fair use claims. To despite the creator claiming it was a porn parody and uh, that could theoretically that sorry that that could theoretically could fall right okay that's not my (laughs) fault that could theoretically could fall under fair use patricia come on when it was available are you ready Mm. okay Uh, everyone those of a disposition may not want to listen to this uh, when it when it was available the game allowed princess peach to have sex with and become impregnated by super mario enemies like the goomba or dress up in a variety oh. of costumes 
Footage shows Princess Peach sleeping with a number of characters, and players could choose different ways for the sexual acts to conclude. Aww. The last update for the game hit on April the 19th, when the developer told players who supported his Patreon I'm gonna need to look at this Patreon that he would <laughs> prefer to be dead than abandon the game. <laughs> All the same, Peach's untold tale went on an extended hiatus that was worsened by the coronavirus. Uh, so there we go. Let me have a look at this. Uh, Ivan Adler, yes, I am 18 years old. Ivan Adler is creating parody art, games, and creature scenes. That's what it says on his <laughs> Patreon. Creature scenes. Uh, $1, just the tip. $2 going in. $5 all the way. Um, yeah, okay horrible yeah i'm just like oh my goodness okay there's a screenshot i'm just gonna send you the screenshot that's on his patreon uh don't send this to adam accidentally there we go make sure that's peter austin there you are sending to mom oh wow okay so they're not even anthropomorphized you know muscly goombas that are human sized it's just a goomba it's a tiny little you know one and a half foot high goomba Princess Peach is. I'll try to be very tasteful here. She's um she's unclothed for the most part, mm-hmm. and the Goomba she's she's lying on the ground, and the Goomba is at the perfect height to engage in a in a, a, a yeah. Uh, yeah in yes yeah yeah, yeah. they're yeah. doing a leg cuddle they're doing a leg cuddle yes yeah that's what she's giving the Goomba a cuddle with her legs yeah that's, that's it. what she's doing perfect okay well there we go that was my weird news thank you. Thank you, Alex, for that. Thank you, Alex, for that. Thank you, Alex. Um, it's time for question three. Moses supposes... His toes are roses. Nice. Moses, That's great. Moses supposes asks or says, My young daughter is starting to get interested in video games. What are some modern games that are good for young players? She surprisingly wasn't into The Last of Us 2. And then in brackets it says, This is a joke. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Moses supposes. Uh, uh, okay, well, we we do love our children's games, or at least games that are whimsical and appropriate for all ages. Mm. Let's play Snap with what we've got written down. Yeah, just I'll, sna- I'll go no. first. You ready? With with one. Oh right, okay. Trine. Oh okay, I can't snap you there. Oh okay, okay. Um, Insane Trilogy. No, can't snap you there. Mm. Uh, Spyro. Snap. Yay. Uh, I also, because I enjoyed it as a kid, I got Tony Hawk's Pro Skater 1 and 2. Oh, man, yeah. If she, if you could get her on that old stuff, that'd be amazing. Yeah. Uh, hat in, a hat in time. Oh, a hat in time. Oh, that's... Yeah. I can't, I can't snap that. It's like a, a delightful uh, collect-a-thon mm. a platformer game that's, yeah. that's quite recent yeah. and um, it's got a... It's got a young girl protagonist, so it might be quite quite wonderful for your I've daughter. I've seen it. I just didn't expect that. It's, yeah, it's a good one. Um, Concrete Genie. No, I haven't got that one down. No. no. Um, okay. I put Fall Guys. Uh, yeah, yeah, I like that. Um, uh, I had... Um, I've, I just thought of one then that I've not written down. What was it? It's just gone from my head. Uh, Dreams. Uh, Curated dreams. dreams. Oh, yeah, yeah. Very it's much curated, though, please. Plenty to... Because... Yeah, there's a lot of memes and screaming and shouting. I can yeah. attest to that. Mm. Pokemon. Oh, Pokemon. That's yeah. nice. Um, that's, that's where my list dries up. I didn't expect that I'd have to bring 
five along with me. You didn't but, get uh, the memo saying bring twelve. No, no, I didn't. But uh, I can, I can keep thinking if you've got more because there will be more. Oh yeah, there's loads. I've got three more though, just mm-hmm. just jotted down. How about that recent SpongeBob remake? Oh yeah, yeah, that's of probably pretty fun. Uh, mm-hmm. Little Big Planet three. If you have a PlayStation four, will be super cheap, and that's that's wonderful. It's narrated by Hugh Laurie and uh, super super lovely, really yeah. enjoyable. If the first two are better, but they're on PS3, and for some reason there was never a collection released on PS4 because Sony is stupid. Mm. Uh, and uh, Mario Kart is what I put. Mario Kart, yeah. yeah. CTR as well. It's well not... I was going to say, CTR's, I mean, I know we grew up playing CTR, but it is a lot harder than... It's not easy to master by any means, but it can still be fun to, you know, if you play multiplayer with your child, maybe, and mm. don't don't boost, <laughs> just let let them uh, let them play on a level playing field with you. Don't do any drifting. But uh, yeah, yeah. Um, there's plenty to go at, which is good, you know, because I think it can be easy to forget now when you've got your Gods of War and Lasts of Us coming out uh, and, uh, you know, things like that. Mm-hmm. It can be easy to think that, oh, and, and all the, the Resi remakes and things like, oh, it's, it's, a, it's a pretty harsh landscape out there for for, ga- for, for gamers on the on the the current gen and and upcoming generation yeah. um but there's still just as many happy family games as there as there always were probably hmm. um yeah and uh, i'd say so they're not not so much getting you know full retail releases anymore but they are still out there mm yeah yeah definitely um and that's the good thing about these remasters as well like how many of the at least 3 of those we just named were all uh, remakes um mm. slash remasters of or four of them were there, I think. Five of them, if you include CTR. Yes. Uh, so yeah, all these all these old games that were um, designed in an era where, all right, maybe there were a few more uh, kid friendly family games coming out in in the sort of nineties, possibly. Like you know, if you if you compare the whole lot, but um, yeah, they're they're still there to play, and they're now available to play in shiny modern visuals. Lovely. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Well, I hope some of those helped, Moses, supposes. Mm. I hope yeah. your, your daughter enjoys them. Now, though, it's time to move on to something very big. Oh, I don't like things that are very big. I'm already at a disadvantage. Well, tough, tough monkeys. Tough, tough, oh. tough nonsense. It's time for the big discussion. Big discussion. It's big discussion time. This week, of course, we are talking about the Bethesda acquisition... Mm-hmm. from Microsoft slash Xbox. Uh, thank you, everybody, who asked about this. That's, we, we got a number of questions, obviously. So yeah. we're just going to dive in and talk about it. This is a, an excerpt from Eurogamer talking all about it. Microsoft has announced its intention to buy Bethesda parent ZeniMax for an eye-watering $7.5 billion, three times what it paid for Minecraft maker Mojang, and only a billion short of what Disney paid for Marvel and Lucasfilm combined. That's kind of shocking. The reason It's I, mad, isn't it? Yeah. It is, it is. The reason I chose this write-up is because uh, it also puts some other things into perspective, and I think we all know the cliff notes, which is that... Bethesda have been purchased by Microsoft. Uh, This brings mega franchises, uh, The Elder Scrolls, Fallout, and Doom within the Xbox fold and increases Microsoft's roll call of first-party developers by no less than eight studios, including such storied names, uh, Bethesda Game Studios, id Software, and Arcane. Is this the most significant acquisition the games business has ever seen? 
Yes and no. In pure dollar terms, Tencent's acquisition of Clash of Clans makes Supercell Sorry, Maker Supercell has it has it beat at an astonishing $8.6 billion. It's hard to put a dollar value on the 2008 merger between Activision and Blizzard owner Vivendi since it was an exchange of shares and ownership stakes, but it was in the same ballpark, and Blizzard was such a prize that it took possession of half the new company's name as part of the deal. Mm. Away from the numbers, Minecraft penetrates far deeper into the general public consciousness than any Bethesda properties, even Doom, as well as having a broader demographic reach. But I don't think we've ever seen such a showy power move from a platform holder, snapping up a big publisher, a network of talented studios, and a slew of valuable properties in one move. Yeah. So, <sighs> of course, everyone was uh, was sort of panicking and saying, well, that's it then. No more Fallout on PlayStation. Mm. It's never going to happen again. And uh, I think I also saw some people, and they are right to talk about this, and I don't think many people did. They they were talking about how actually the fact that a, a pur- <clears throat> excuse me a purchase of this size should it really have ever been allowed in the first place? Because Microsoft is now a one point five trillion dollar company. Which is shocking and appalling and astonishing in many ways, much like how should Disney have really been allowed to purchase Marvel and Lucasfilm? You know, well, yeah. My my answer to that question was about to be, well, if Marvel, if, if Disney were allowed to buy Marvel and yeah. Lucasfilm, then surely Microsoft should be allowed to buy uh, Bethesda. But if you then say, should any of those things ever have happened, then yeah, that's more of a big question. I I do wonder whether Disney should be should have actually been allowed to do all of that because yeah. they do I logged onto Disney Plus yesterday to watch some Clone Wars and I just forgot that they owned Marvel for a moment and then I looked and I was like god there's like there's five tabs at the top that say like Disney Star Wars Marvel and like two other things I was like bloody hell yeah they yeah. do just own everything now Fox Simpsons, mm. National it's Geographic. madness. National, yeah, the, that's the other one. National Geographic. They, they, it's like it's huge. Anyway, that's a completely different conversation. It is. But you're right. Um, yeah, I don't think there's anything that we can really go into too much detail with here. But I just thought it was worth mentioning that you know, outside of our little bubble of uh, oh, but I might not be able to play Fallout games yeah. anymore. It's sort of there. There is a larger issue, which is oh my goodness, Microsoft has more capital than most countries, mm. and that's yeah. kind of frightening. So anyway, that's just the fun dystopian future we're heading towards. Don't worry about it. Let's keep playing our video games. Yeah, it will be real life outer world soon. It will genuinely. So, yeah. what did you think when you saw this, Peter? Do you know what? I I was less as a as a PlayStation owner, and you know, even if we argue, if if we work under the assumption that I'm not going to get an Xbox console, which I actually am, mm-hmm. but you know, if if we if we um, come from the perspective of someone who is a total Sony exclusive player, and they're not now going to, in their mind, they're not going to be able to play these Bethesda games. Um, I wasn't that bothered on a personal level because for me, the only um, properties that Microsoft have now acquired that mean anything to me in a, in a significant sense are or is um, the Elder Scrolls. I think even Fallout, you know, Fallout Five, it didn't really grip me as much as I thought it would. I, I sat down and started playing it, and uh, I only put like a few hours into. Well, not a few. I put like a fair number of hours into it, but it. It, it didn't it didn't hold me all all the way to the end like I've not completed it and there's huge chunks of it that I've not explored that I don't know about um and then Fallout 76 um I wasn't that keen on the idea of a 
of a multiplayer Fallout anyway, but then when I saw its reception, it made me even less keen to play it. So actually, the past two Fallout games, I've not really played in in a full sense. Um, so so Fallout, I'm not saying I wouldn't necessarily play a, a Fallout Five, um, but uh, you know, it's not something that really gets me going when I think about it. Elder Scrolls, I'm still really excited for if and when that ever comes out. Um, but outside of that, you know, I respect Doom for what it is, but, you know, I'm not a, a huge Doom fan. Like, I would just happily play it and then not, but not mind if I can't play the next one. Um, and Prey, or, or Prey 2, or Prey 2. I was really disappointed by because I played the original and it was just, they completely rebooted it and kind of did away with everything. And if it had been a, a proper Prey, either a sort of remake, but with the, uh, you know, with the old one in mind, or if it had been a sequel... Um, or the sequel they were planning on making that is a really cool CG trailer for from years ago. Um, I would have really liked that, but, you know, I didn't. So um, Hmm. there's a lot there that happens just coincidentally, I guess, more than anything, happens to be stuff that I don't have a lot of strong ties to or a big affinity for. So um, on a personal level, I wasn't too troubled by this. Um, And even with The Elder Scrolls, I kind of feel like, you know, if it doesn't come to PlayStation, and I think it probably will, as you were saying earlier, uh, I would play it on PC anyway. So um, I'd probably rather play it on PlayStation, but I would still be able to play it on PC if not. So, yeah. so personally speaking, I wasn't too too worried by this. But um, what about you? Are you concerned? No, not at all. Um, mm. <clears throat> because my immediate thought was, well, this is just going to be like Minecraft when when Microsoft yeah. bought Minecraft because it's. It makes far more sense for them to purchase something like that and keep it on as many platforms as possible to make as much mm. money as possible. Yeah. You know, they we've spoken time and time again about how Xbox are sort of moving away from the same race that PlayStation is running, offering yeah. more of a service, perhaps moving more into publishing because there's a lot more money in it uh, than trying to compete with with someone who has who already has such an established base you know that doesn't mean that they can't and if they decided to make all of these games exclusive then hell they might they might be able to compete Uh, Mm. however these games will all if that was if that did happen all those games would still be available on pc yeah and that would to to an extent negate the allure of that exclusivity much like most of their first party titles do already because you can play them on pc Mm. um but I don't think they're going to do that. I think it's highly likely that as time goes by, when Bethesda starts making brand new IPs, you know, if they ever eventually get round to that, and I don't think Starfield will be an Xbox exclusive, uh, or if id Software or Arcane start doing something new beyond what they're currently working on that's been announced, they may make something exclusive to the Xbox platform. But if yeah. it's another entry in Prey, if it's another entry in The Elder Scrolls, Fallout, Doom... They would, they would be insane to cut off that market share, you know, to, yeah. to cut off access to that market. You know, if they didn't put that stuff on PlayStation, that would be such a, a, a silly move. And, mm. uh, you know, I, I just I just don't see them doing that. I don't think they're going to do it. As you said, they've already been, they've sort of already vaguely said, it'll be a case-by-case basis. If everything mm. was going to be exclusive, then they would have said that probably. Well, um, yeah, to drive sales of their, their upcoming console, they should they would have announced that big time like hey by the way yep. buy our console if you want to play these you know properties they announced yeah. the acquisition you know a, a matter of days if not the day before pre-orders were live anyway so so that was you know they wanted to 
to make that as big a news as possible. But I don't think that this is uh, the scary dystopian Microsoft owns everything future that a lot of people are, are saying it is and that people think it might be. Um, you know, we've already got Ghostwire Tokyo is still a PS5 console exclusive. Deathloop is still a PS5 timed exclusive. The Elder Scrolls Online has been confirmed to be unaffected by this purchase and will still be supported going forwards on PlayStation platforms. Yeah. Uh, I, I think it will be business as usual. You might see there there be a return to timed dlc priority on xbox platforms mm-hmm. with elder scrolls games or even timed exclusivity like with Deathloop. you know the new fallout game comes to xbox six months before yeah. it comes to playstation you know that they, they mm-hmm. can afford to do that but completely removing playstation from the equation would be ridiculous and when you take a step back from it like like you're saying Bethesda has been on a downward slump for quite a while. Doom yeah. Eternal was very good. But before that, they've had several high-profile flops. You know, things haven't been going their way. They're announcing their games way too early, lest we forget their engine is terrible, and that is definitely what Starfield is going to be running on in six, mm. seven years, whenever that releases. They are, they are a huge acquisition, and this is a massive deal. But as you say, if I could... If I could never play an, uh, a Bethesda game on a PlayStation platform again, I'd be sad because I love Elder Scrolls and I love Fallout, but I don't think I'd be devastated. Mm. I think I'd I would survive and I'd find another. I would play them on PC if if I needed to, um, yeah. and I would still like to play them. But I just don't see them hoarding this stuff away from everyone else. There's just too much money to be made. Yeah, yeah, that's exactly what I think. I just you know. I I want to play the next Elder Scrolls game, but if it's if for argument's sake it didn't come out on PlayStation, and if also for argument's sake I didn't have an Xbox Series S, I would play it on PC, and you know that's fine. And uh, you know I I think you're right that that um, Microsoft are moving into a different race. It's no longer the console war. Everyone has their own niche. Like Sony are probably still um, the most comparable to what console gaming has always been where you've got your console and your exclusives and it still just plays the same you plug in your controller and play it like that kind of thing um the switch is its own thing entirely now kind of with its with its own technology that makes it very unique and uh microsoft are moving ever closer to as we've said before in previous podcasts maybe in in years to come Xbox will just be an app on your PlayStation or on your smart TV or on on your even on your Switch perhaps where you play Xbox slash Microsoft games, mm. um, but they might not even have a a, a a true console as we know it in generations to come. Um, it so, feels like that's where it's going. You know, yeah. they've got the Series X for people who who you know really want the the best home console xbox experience you can get the series s feels like the direction they're going it's the streaming box it's the digital box yeah yeah when the new i I know it's got a proper name now i can't remember what it's called but x cloud whatever it's you know whatever its official title is i'm not sure Mm. um when that's properly rolled out and and you know is out there in a lot of people's hands that will that will be what they want they want as many people on games pass and the whatever xCloud is officially called uh and and that will be it that's where you will play your xbox games and you can have a box if you want a box but eventually there won't be a box and they won't need yeah. a box because you can stream everything yeah 
And if that is the model they're going for, then, you know, it makes sense to acquire studios, but not then say, right, these are ours now. You know, we're, yeah. we're going to have them. But then the other thing I should quickly say, actually, I thought this, you know, as Sony boys, hmm. um, I I could see people who are more pro-Microsoft um, wanting me and you or, or people like us to go, uh, well, that's not fair. Why are they buying that now and taking that away from us? In the sense that, you know, PlayStation PlayStation fans um, like to talk about how good their exclusives are and like, oh, it's great being a PS4 owner because we've got some great exclusives. Um, so I think like um, there's also an element in there where I would say, hey, like, Putting aside the idea of the the dystopian monopoly um, and the the trillions of dollars, like hats off to Microsoft for acquiring some some decent uh, exclusives, like exclusive IPs and some good extra um, you know uh, first party de- uh, developers for them. Uh, because you know for too long, Sony owners have been able to say, "Well, we've got it way better with exclusives, and you've got nothing." You know, you can't even. You've got no ground to stand on in terms of the exclusive race, but now this is like moving a bit more towards. You know, if they really did decide we're going to make all this Bethesda stuff totally exclusive to Microsoft or to to Xbox, then uh, you know, fair enough. They've they've uh, they've hit back, and um, you know, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna complain and moan and say that's not fair. I'm gonna say, well, you know, we've got our exclusives and they've got theirs, but. Um, yeah, it's all kind of academic. Even if we're going to be buying Series S's ourselves, so that's where you know that that's that's where we've wanted Xbox to be. I don't think anybody wants Xbox owners and Microsoft to have no exclusive games because that's it doesn't drive any kind of competition when there's no competition. You know, yeah. and PlayStation have been doing very well with a with a real lack of competition from anyone major this this last generation. Like sincerely, that Xbox has. Xbox owners have had a really rough time of it with mm. exclusive games. And now that's probably going to change. I don't think those exclusives are going to come from Bethesda necessarily and Zenimax. No. But certainly the rest of their first-party studios that they've recently bought will start making games exclusive to Xbox. And that's that's fantastic news. I would say it's, it's, it is slightly different from PlayStation's first-party exclusives if we're comparing it to an exclusive Bethesda game, for example, because the only real Bethesda exclusive currently that's, you know, that most people are imagining in this scenario is Fallout or Elder Scrolls, and PlayStation fans have historically had access to all of those. Yeah, um, yeah. And I, I appreciate that that does go the same way with Final Fantasy sixteen. That's the one, isn't it? True, which, which yeah. Which has been on Xbox before and now isn't. But the vast majority of the best PlayStation exclusives have never been on yeah, any other you're platform. Right. Spider-Man, yeah, yeah. God of War, Horizon... The Last of Us, Uncharted, you know, they're all, they've always been on PlayStation. It's not like Xbox has had them for 15 years and now PlayStation bought Naughty Dog and they can't have them anymore. So it's mm. a slightly different argument, but I, I do, I do get what you mean. Like if these, if these did go exclusive on, on, on Xbox, then time for Sony to step up, time for yeah. Sony to, to step up even more than they already are. And that just, if you, if you have both consoles, then great news, <laughs> that's just going to be, good for everyone mm, yeah absolutely but ultimately i don't think bethesda's the the vast majority of zenimax media's uh properties will still be multi-platform because yeah. microsoft will be insane to to take that money off the table for themselves 
Especially after spending yeah. so much money and also putting it on Game Pass. You know, all those games are going to be on Game Pass now. Mm. Uh, and all new games from, from those studios will also be on Game Pass. It's, I think, as, as, as I think Jim Ryan, the president of PlayStation, recently said when asked about the Game Pass model and if PlayStation would have one, they said they're, they're not interested in, uh, in a race to the bottom. And that's what it would be. It would be both stu- both companies just sort of competing to see who could charge the least for their games. Yeah. And that's not sustainable. The only reason no. Microsoft are able to do this is because they have money to burn. They're not making money on Game Pass, not yet. And uh, you know the amount that they're losing through it is purely to, to, to bring as many people into the ecosystem as possible. And in the meantime, it's, fa- it's a blooming fantastic uh, offering. And it's, it's such good value for money. But Again, if they bought Bethesda, put all their games on Game Pass, and didn't give them to anyone else, they wouldn't make that those billions of dollars back. No, uh, they they need other platforms to sell these games on. Yeah, yeah, you're right. That's true. Well, there we go. I have to watch this space, but uh, I yeah, I think we're both in agreement with our pre- at least a prediction of where that's going to go. Yeah. But you know, we can't say for sure. But uh, yeah, there we go. We'll have to see how it goes. We can't. Thank you very much for listening, everybody. You can let us know all about what you thought of what we discussed in the comments of the YouTube video, and also via the following means. Uh, yes, in the comments of our other YouTube videos at youtube.com forward slash team triple jump and also on Twitch where we stream as well as we do on YouTube at twitch.tv forward slash team triple jump. When we do stream, we're modded by Lord Brotovich, Cecil Prumps, Madstodactyl and Troweling Badger. Thank you. We've got social media, Twitter and facebook.com forward slash team triple jump. Luke Eldon looks after facebook.com. Uh, not all of it. Don't know why I said that. <laughs> Uh, he looks after the Facebook. Yes. Um, we've got a Patreon, patreon.com forward slash team triple jump. Lots of rewards on there. You can ask questions on this podcast. You can get worst games ever early. You can get to an exclusive room within our Discord. And that Discord is bit.ly forward slash team triple jump. Uh, Jack and Joe are modding over there. Thank you to you. The podcast is available in audio form if you're watching on on YouTube at play.acast.com forward slash s forward slash triple jump. We've got a website. It's triplej.mup. That's triple ju dot mp. Um, And forward slash shop is where you can get to our shop and buy our merch. Um, And triplej.mup forward slash vods finally is uh, where all of our live stream vods are uploaded. It will just redirect you to our vods YouTube channel. Wonderful. You can follow Peter on Instagram and Twitter at that Peter Austin and myself just on Twitter at confused underscore dude. Does it look like some of the spaces have been taken out of this document to you? Some of the Uh, words seem to have stuck together and I'm not really sure why it's done that. It doesn't look like that for me, but I've had that before when people have sent me documents in the past, like scripts and stuff. They sometimes just miss spaces. How is that happening in 2020 with word processing documents? I think it's a compatibility error between the very, very legal old version of Word that you and I are running and perhaps the modern, even more legal version that a lot of other people are running. 
Oh well, I'm on my on my work PC, which is on I think on a, a modern legal version. Maybe it's not. I don't know. I don't yeah, know. It must be. Hey, I'm not saying PC. that we're running illegal versions. We're both running very legal versions. But I think that's it. I think it's a weird compare. Anyway, that's Microsoft Word. Hooray! Mm, yeah. uh, we do lists every Tuesday and Thursday. Streams every Monday, Thursday, and Friday. Thursday being the joint stream. Blaze it on YouTube. The joint streams being uh, sorry. The solo streams being Monday and Friday. I have been playing fast and loose with the definition of streaming on Fridays the past few weeks, and I did again this week, but I'm sure I will return to Friday streams soon. The uh, Worst Games Ever show that we do, there's another one, look, Worst Games, all one word, strange. Worst Games Ever, we do that fortnightly, that's Friday for patrons, Sunday for everyone else, and the podcast is every Saturday. We do shows, one every other week, just like what it means to me. A series where a friend of Triple Jump or just one of us... Oh, no, Siri heard me. Stop. 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 What did she think you said? She heard me say series. Oh, series, and she, yeah. And she woke up and started listening to me. Stop it. <laughs> um, yeah, where, where we get a, a friend of Triple Jump or just one of us to talk about a game that means a lot to us. Uh, this week, it's Rosie Caddick from PlayStation Access. We're working our way through the Caddick family. We are. Um, we just need to we'll get have in touch parents. with the parents now, and then we'll be, <laughs> yeah. uh, we'll be sorted. But she's talking all about Tomb Raider. It's a great episode, and uh, that is live now on the channel if you'd like to go and watch that. Please leave us a review on iTunes or your platform of choice. It helps something to do with algorithms, and we very much appreciate it. Thank you again for helping us get to 100,000 subscribers. Yeah. We have nothing planned, no video, nothing <laughs> special, no celebration. Uh, we're just we're just very grateful and and thankful. You know, we've had a tumultuous uh, few years of employment mm. and and things not quite getting to where we felt like they deserved to be, and then having that taken away from us. And here, with the with the with the wonderful support of everyone at Cultaholic and in particular Adam Pacitti, mm. uh, we've been able to do it. And uh, long may it continue. Absolutely, yeah. Um, Adam for sure has has been a big help as as have the rest of the team as well we've got excellent staff working for us full time and freelance mm -hmm. so thank you to everyone and well done to everyone yes um, and thank you to all of you as well listening who've supported us yeah thank you so much yeah. well Peter just time for today's sponsor once again to see us off pop those pills if you're mad because we're not at um a million subs yet just have a couple of spider-man mild manners mm. they're delicious they taste really good do they? Uh, but do not exceed the recommended dose how many is that two, two. unless uh, unless you're me and my doctor says four is okay but if you'd like have way too many you become like some sort of peaceful guru and you you oh. sort of sit in like a a yoga position and hover in the air as angelic light beams down on you. That's how mild-mannered you become. So like Manny from Black Books when he swallows the little book of calm. Yes, exactly like that. Okay, yeah. that sounds kind of nice, actually. Mm, well, it, yeah, it could be. Do you become too you, powerful? Yeah, you and become too... And then they have too... to spend real... They have to send real Spider-Man after you to take you down. You become, you become too calm and your heart stops. That's oh, what I'm saying. Oh, boo, okay. Yeah. Wow, sounds like a win-win, um, to be honest. <laughs> yeah, all right. Uh, brilliant. There you go. Buy those now. They're not real. They're not real. Okay, bye, everybody. <laughs> Please don't abuse pills. We love you. Bye. No, don't. Bye-bye.
the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.